Hey, welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and we put them on our big list. It's a it, it's a list and it's growing and this is episode 145, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I'm John. I'm not going to say I'm your host, but I do this intro every week. With me as always Draw your is own conclusions. James mm-hmm. and Dustin. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> uh, hey yo. Hey, we're doing this. We're doing some radio here. And like most podcasts and craft breweries, we are three white guys with beards who have a little bit of free time, and this is Just how we spend cross, it. Cross section there. <laughs> oh, Venn, really? Venn, di- Venn diagram. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of POCs coming up to you and asking you to try their pilsner. <laughs> Now that you mention it, not not really. No. Yeah, it's kind of white people territory. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's like just, a it just is fucking shitty thing. <laughs> uh, hey, so what's up, guys? Welcome, welcome back to my basement. We are hey, yeah. doing the podcast again this week. Yeah, we are. It's we're been we're back. still here. We're back. It's been an eventful week. I mean, we've done. We're about to come out on uh, what? Are the, what are the two podcasts we did this week, James? Uh, the Mighty Nineties podcast, where we talked about uh, Jurassic Park Two. Yeah, and then uh, Nick's Dicks Flicks. That's what no. it is. Yeah, yeah that's Nick's Dicks Flicks. Nick's Nick's Flicks Dicks. Nick's Flicks Dicks. Something about something about Dicks Picks. Nick's Flicks Picks. Fix. 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 There's a lot of sin. <laughs> that there. one's gonna come out even before this episode we're we're recording right now, I think. Yeah, that was in the past. It's in the past. Yeah, but we'll make sure that we have uh, in this in the description of this podcast. We'll make sure we have links to those two podcasts because they're they're both really really great. Yeah, um, I had a good time. Both of them. Yeah, I wasn't on the Jurassic Park one, but I'm uh, that looking was forward really to listening to it. That was, yeah, fun. It was fun. That was fun. And uh, Nick's like. Nick's a dude. He's that was a great. He's that was a great, great time. Well, he's, he's, a, he's he, our favorite cunt. So he's well. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we, I can't <laughs> say I can't say it the way that Nick says it. Yeah, we just can't. We can't. Can't. We don't have can't. the. We don't have the grace. Cunt. I I have like I I I have too much of a hard sound mm-hmm. on my. Yeah. So I come across safer to stay away. I probably. come across very aggressive. So I'll say that word in in right. in. Not on, not on air. Save it for off air. I'll say it, I say it off air all the time, but I won't. More of like you fucking cunt. More like that. That's how he says it to you. No, I say it more. Well, of that's a, how John says it to me. Yeah, you fucking cunt. I, I say it more of like an angry thing, where he says it more of a friendly thing. Yeah. Right. He somehow makes it friendly. Yeah. yeah like what's up, my cunts? <laughs> See, you close, still have. You, it's too hard of a. T- t- <laughs> no, don't you need more? T- no, less. You need less. T- t- less to t- more. Uh. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know, boys. <laughs> hey, fuck, shit. Um, so, so if you're we, still listening, <laughs> so before we get into this, uh, before this we is get movies, right? Movie into uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Um, do you guys have anything that you, James? Do you have anything that you watch this week? Uh, yeah, I've been watching Lovecraft Country. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not completely caught up. I think I'm like three episodes in but, but you hadn't watched any last week no no so this is no. all new what this you, is all new what do you yeah. think i really like it yeah i'm curious where it's going but so from what i take it's like uh different stories every episode 
Sort of. But not really. It's all kind of connected. I mean, at first, I don't it, really... at first it feels like they're different stories, but then it starts to sort of take a shape of an overall Oh, I see. Like an overarching storyline going on. Yeah. It definitely seemed like to me from like the second episode to the third episode, it was like, oh, we're like we're done with that and we're moving on. But then stuff starts working back into the It's kinda weird how it's like no big deal. This is what I read in a book, so this is totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's like I, some weird-ass shit going on. Yeah, like really weird-ass shit. I would say I have a complete buy-in for this show. Like, yeah. I'm completely... Like, I, I bought into the entire premise. Like, I really like it. I think it's really, really fun. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. I'm really enjoying it. I do still feel like the first episode was, like, far stronger than any of the episodes that have happened since. Mm-hmm. But I've still been liking it all the episodes. Yeah, I, I really like it. And before I started watching that, I watched. Um, I never watched any of the boys. Oh, yeah. So I watched the first episode of the first season. And I, I was like, yeah, it's a really <laughs> good in. show. I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But maybe I should watch this other show first. Because it's only it's like to catch three up. or four yeah. episodes. Yeah. And then, you know, like in 10 years, I'll catch up to <laughs> the boys. I'll say yeah. the boys season two is fucking awesome yeah, like yeah, they've taken the first season and i think they've like just done nothing but improve on it that's that's good to hear because i liked the first season a lot i thought it was pretty good yeah they've introduced um new characters um i don't i don't know how to pronounce her name um yeah. uh Aya cash is in the next season she's from you're the worst oh yeah 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 okay. yeah she plays stormfront nice where stormfront was a a, a guy in the comic i'm pretty sure i think so yeah it's been a while since i read the comic but yeah oh man that comic (laughs) yeah garth ennis hey buddy (laughs) what's up in that in that brain brain? (laughs) yeah you're fucked up dude yeah he's fucked up i love i love his comics yeah i i think definitely like the boys comic would not be for everybody but absolutely not the show pulls back in smart ways i think uh, makes it I mean it's still like you know a crazy show but if it had some of the stuff in the comics people would be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> well I mean the first episode of the first season you have uh, that one girl I don't know the actress name the star yeah the like Christian girl the... yeah like she she meets the the seven yeah the seven but she meets the first guy the deep yeah and then they have that interaction and then where it, it's she just gets like raped? she gets raped and it's like, it's pretty wow, fun. this is pretty like fucked up. fucked up. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's really like, is a, it the a, deep that does a, that or is it? Yeah. It's the deep, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, or uh, it's a, it's a cool idea because it's like taking the superhero thing and being like, well, what if we had superheroes in the real world, how would they act? Yeah. And they'd be like, you know, these like politicians and rich people yeah. and celebrities who can, Get away with whatever shit they want, right? Yeah, yeah. The comic takes that to like a level that is absolutely unfilmable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same way that Preacher was. Yeah. Like, I haven't finished Preacher the TV show, but like the comic is just it portrays things in a way that I would love to see. Like, but you could not make them like market viable. Yeah, Preacher was a fun show too. The stuff that you a lot Jesus of people didn't stuff. Yeah, in the comic, um, and it was—it's also like a batshit crazy. 
premise going on, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, what did I watch, guys? What did you tell me? What did you watch? Uh, let's see. I watched. Uh, I watched this documentary last night. I'm on this documentary uh, yeah, kick lately. Documentaries. Uh, Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. I posted about it on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, documentary about the history of Kung Fu films, obviously. Oh, cool. Uh, made by the same guys that made the Canon Films documentary as well. Yeah, which I got to watch that. Yeah, you should get on that. That's good stuff. Um, I did watch the other one on the... Uh, in search of the no the last action heroes last I, I watched that did you like it yeah that was good and, and I do agree with you it's like kind of nice to see these little clips of yeah these movies and I mean you're not necessarily going to go through and watch all of those those really uh, obscure titles but no but it's still it's like okay I, I need to watch some of these movies and yeah definitely fill in fill in some gaps yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one's really good. Uh, really well done, actually, I thought. Um, really goes through the whole history of like the Shaw Brothers studios and then Golden Harvest later. Or, you know, and you get you go through everything. Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it's then all the way that is that these movies have permeated into like American culture. like uh, And, you know, all the way through something like The Matrix where... Kung Fu is like a big part of that, right? So, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Really well done, I thought. Oh, they go through like the history of uh, black Kung Fu actors and stuff and how that was a big deal. And and also the ways that the that these movies were like really huge mm-hmm. in the black community in America. Oh, yeah. Um, and even how like they influenced like breakdancing and stuff like that. Hmm. So it was really, cool. really well done, I thought. Uh, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then... Uh, the other thing was I was listening to most recent blank check episode, John. Have you, have you, is it the used cars episode? Yes. The used cars. I've never seen the movie. Uh, you don't even need to have seen the movie. It's like fucking three hours long. Three and a half hours long. And it's because after they talk about used cars for like an hour or so, then it's with Paul Shear and Jason Mazzucas from how this get made or on as guests. Then they just get into a conversation about the state of comedy movies and it goes for like two hours. They talk about it for like two hours and it's like super interesting. Okay, to me well, anyway. really? Now I really to want to listen to it. Yeah. And so I, like they just like they stop talking about used cars after a while, uh, which is a good movie, by the way. But then they just, yeah, they just get into this in depth. Uh, I, I really, really love those guys. Yeah. It's just for me, it was great to listen to. I mean, it's not going to be for something everyone's interested in. No, but but like, but like the blank check guys and the um, and everybody that it's involved in. um how did this get made? Like they're literally my favorite people. Some of my favorite people to listen to. Yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was super interesting. Uh, I really haven't had a lot of time to watch much of anything. I'm still watching the Americans. Um, on season four. Oh, nice. Uh, there's seven seasons or six, six, six. uh, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that show is amazing. Can't wait till you, get to the end and talk about the end <laughs> yeah i it'll, that'll be fun um i'm thinking about watching the leftovers oh good fucking show yeah really so i watched show. the first season of the leftovers yeah but i'm just trying to knock off these like prestige shows that have um track records of like from like at least in like pop culture of like having amazing finales 
Yeah, talk about crazy shows like we were talking about The Boys and Preacher and stuff. That's I mean, that's not in the same vein exactly, but it is uh it's a wild show. <laughs> yeah, I mean I enjoyed the first season a lot, but it just kind of got away from like you know all these things get away from you. Yeah, there's too much shit. Um yeah, anyway, that's pretty much like all I've really had an opportunity to check out. Um other than that, it's just been like a couple podcasts here and there. Uh roll. The trailer. Yeah, let's get roll the motherfucking trailer. Um, James, uh-huh. do me a favor. Yeah, light that fuse. An hour ago, a bomb blew up the Kremlin. The president has initiated ghost protocol. The entire IMF has been disavowed. Now I've been ordered to take you to Washington where they will hang the Kremlin bombing on you and your team. Unless you were to escape after assaulting Brandt and me. But if any one of your team is caught, they will be branded terrorists out to incite global nuclear war. So what happens now? Your mission, should you choose to accept it. So, what's the play? Who are you really, Brant? We all have our secrets. Don't we, Ethan? Okay, now remember, blue is glue. And when it's red, dead. You're not helping. Uh, so we just watched that trailer. <laughs> exciting stuff. That was pretty exciting where he was running. Oh, yeah. So much running. I mean, he definitely gets his Tom Cruise running at couple, full tilt. A couple times in this movie. Does he? Yeah, he's uh, got the one where he's running away from the Kremlin after he's just yeah. That's the one I'm disguise. thinking of. And then there's the through the into the sandstorm. Oh yeah, running yeah, out of the, yeah, out right. of the building. All that. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Anyway, so this week we watched Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. It came out in 2011. It was directed by Brad Bird. This is part of the. This is the fourth uh, installment in the Mission Impossible franchise, which I believe is at seven now. It'll be it'll seven and eight. They're shooting right now. Seven and eight. They're shooting. Okay. So this is the l- last one not directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's right. So last. So it was it was uh, Brian De Palma, John Woo, uh, J.J. Abrams. This is Brad Bird. I believe this is actually his first live action film that yeah, he ever directed. First live action movie. Uh, and then we got Christopher McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie, and then. Christopher McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie. Two, two more after <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, which are also written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, do you know who wrote this movie? Uh, I don't. I think J.J. had a hand in it. And I think Brad Bird also had a hand. But I'm not sure if there were any other people. Uh, so I'm looking here as Josh, Josh Applebaum. Okay. Uh, so he was also a writer on... Uh, the upcoming G.I. Joe movie. Anyway, I got bored looking him up. 
Um, anyway, I think the, the 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 main people we're looking at here is 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 Brad, person we're looking at is Brad Bird. For those who don't know, James, do you know who Brad Bird is? No. Dustin, do you know who Brad Bird is? Yes. Oh well, I just looked him up. <laughs> oh, now you know. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot about yeah, him. Yeah, so this was his first live action. He was a, all animation before this. He did Iron Giant, then he did went to Pixar and did uh, the Invincible or the Incredibles, Incredibles, Ratatouille, Ratatouille. Ratatouille yeah. But I mean, his his breakout one, I think probably his most cathartic film uh, would be the Iron Giant. Yeah, that's the one that uh, I mean, a lot of people had a lot of love for that one. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't see it until like years later. So like everyone was into it. It is like that movie is emotional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he, after this, the only live action movie he did after this movie was that Tomorrowland so, Disney movie with from George what I, Clooney. Oh, that from, flop. Yeah. <laughs> from what I understand, that was his big reward uh, for doing all these Pixar mm. movies. Was and he hasn't done a live action since. No, that was but that was his dream project. Was yeah. Tomorrowland, and it, it didn't really work didn't, out. Didn't work. But let's do uh, let's get into the synopsis here for Ghost Protocol. This is our third Mission Impossible movie we're doing. Yeah, we're we're really doing we're these, jumping around. We're really doing these out of order, and we probably shouldn't be. But um, I mean, like I'll read the uh, the IMDb synopsis here. The IMF is shut down when it's implicated in the bombing of the Kremlin, causing Ethan Hunt and his new team to go rogue to clear their organization's name. That's it. Boop. It's a, it's a pretty vague one. It's actually kind of a shitty explanation. Um, Thanks, IMDb. <laughs> I think this movie, I want to start if you guys are okay with this, just like start off with like the opening sequences. Um, the prison? With the prison break. Mm-hmm. I really love this scene. This yeah. is really fucking fun. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool cold open. Like we we see Ethan we don't even know it's him at first but like he's in this prison uh like there's no lead up to it it's just like we start out and he's in prison in this Russian what yeah he's he's in like a gulag um like there's he's like there's this guy that's lying in bed that's throwing what obviously is not a a ball yeah against a wall that's bouncing off of things Mm -hmm. like and it's like this oblong weird peanut shaped thing we find out later like just to kind of like show like how cool Ethan Hunt is yeah this motherfucker's skipping stones off multiple walls <laughs> catch it <laughs> um so like so this guy's getting broken out of like this this like Russian prison and uh I mean you've got like Simon Pegg yeah I think he I think he's the first person we really see that we yeah. recognize yeah, he's ben, in the band. Benji uh, and he's you know dropping stuff, and he's of course in the com- at the computer console because that's his mm-hmm. his shtick. Um, now I don't remember the third one. What? That's the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. Uh, yeah, that's the one where Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't think I've ever one. seen it. Uh, it's had, really good. Yeah, it's damn good. I hadn't. I've never seen this one either. Right. Oh, really? That was, that was surprising when yeah. you told me that. Uh, I don't know oh, why. You guys, you guys talk without me about movies. That I, think, we, I think we talked about it last night when we were here. I don't remember that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was surprised by that. So you haven't seen, so you've only seen like one, obviously. I've seen one. Because we did it on the show. I haven't seen two, three, I didn't see this one. Four. Have you seen five, the one where he holds on to the plane on the outside? I saw that one. Okay. And you saw six, the one reason why. Okay. So at some point we'll do three. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) 
We're we, just jumping around. We should no, do, we two. do two. Yeah, we do. We do need to do two, of course. Yeah. Um, the the only one that everyone kind of universally agrees is bad in the whole series. But yeah, this movie starts out. It's at, this is a really really fun opening, like cold open, um, where you have uh, Benji. He, he's like unlocking it, unlocking the doors, and he's obviously f- funny. Like he's just Simon Pegg. Yeah, he's just amazing. But Tom Cruise is uh, he's really fucking fun in this opening sequence where he's like uh, he's pointing at him to open the un- unlock the doors. Yeah. And and what I, I think that what happened when I was watching this opening sequence where like he's just like he's pointing at the doors and he's Benji's watching him through the the monitor while while uh, like Ethan Hunt is like looking at the, the security camera is how amazing of an action star Tom Cruise is. Oh yeah. like the physical acting is there for sure. Like that's a part, that's very much a part of what, and, what he does. And right? I think that we, like Tom Cruise is an incredibly, I'm not going to say complicated. That's the wrong word. Um, he's a hard <laughs> person to like. Right. In uh, knowing various things about his actual. Yeah. Like it, life. he's not on like we're trying, we're trying to just watch. Except these- he's very easy to like when you're watching but him the, in a movie. But yeah. the, that's the thing that we always, we constantly battle with this podcast is that like, like a movie is not about one person. Like a bunch of people made this film. Like, are we not going to watch something because of one person in it? Even though he's like the. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people are watching it because he's. In it. I mean, I think most people think. Tom Cruise is kind of crazy. Well, he is. But people still love watching fucking yeah. Tom Cruise movies. It, it, but that's <laughs> because he's crazy on screen. It's impossible. And he's playing a character. Right. It's like harnessed on screen <laughs> in a way. Well, you know, if you watch him in interviews, it seems like he's still acting. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because he is. He no, I, I understand. He's well, a lizard person. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, alien soul in his body, right? Like, <laughs> He's a very strange person to try to like understand and yeah. get a feeling for what he is actually I feel like, like. Yeah, calculated sure yeah uh but you cannot deny in that opening sequence that he is not 100% a movie star yeah he's one of the last movie stars ex- that exists that exist he is from the moment he comes on screen he is absolutely dynamic he yeah. is everything. What's crazy to me is that, so, what is it? So, seven's coming out soon? Seven and eight are shooting seven, at the eight. same time. So, the crazy thing to me is that he he's in all of them. Yeah. Well, so, that's, the, that's where it gets interesting, too, because this movie, Ghost Protocol, was meant to be the passing of the torch. It was originally planned that uh, Jeremy Renner, who's Brant in this movie, was going to be the new main character. He was going to he was going to pass it off to him. Right. But and you can see that kind of funny yeah. watching this like, Oh, he's, he's, but wasn't he supposed to be born? Born. Oh, he, well, he, he also, he also tried to do the next, be the next born. Yeah. Neither, neither of which worked out for him. Unfortunately, yeah, Instead, he's like the arrow or yeah, he's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I think Jeremy Renner might be one of the most accomplished failures. <laughs> I don't even know if it's fair to call him a failure, but in the sense that yes, he was supposed to take over and be the lead of these giant franchises. Yeah. And neither went. So as out. soon as, so I never seen this movie as soon as 
they introduced him and the way he was acting, I'm like, he's totally the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I thought the whole movie. Yeah, well, and then and, and that's part of the Mission Impossible sort of way that things work is like who's going to be the one that, uh, and it's yeah. often an IMF agent that has yeah. gone but, bad or whatever. But even when he tells the story and all that shit to the, um, to not Ethan but to uh, Benji and yeah Jane Jane, and he says this whole sob story and this that and the other, it's just like. I still don't buy it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. So you still thought he was. A bad I guy still thought point. he was the bad guy. What this movie does suffer from is, is that it 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 actually tells you who the bad guy is at the beginning of the film. Yeah. There's and there's it, really a mystery in there. And, yeah. and and that is the bad guy at the end. Yeah. Like so that's actually kind of an outlier in all of these in yeah. all these films and also just in like the whole spy espionage right. series. Mm-hmm. Like you're set up from the very first film to understand that like. No, there's somebody, there's a mole. There's always yeah. going to be a twist. There's always, always, always going to be someone that pulls off a mask to reveal that there's somebody else or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. And this film actually doesn't rely on that in any way. Yeah, but it you can definitely see how because you've... And maybe that's what it's actually counting on is because you've seen the other Mission Impossible movies, you've seen spy movies, you kind of are ex- waiting for that shoot a drop. Uh, yeah, but that's why at the end when they have the whole cell phone on the table bullshit... And then they have that interaction, uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Tom Cruise. It's just like, ugh, this is just weak. Oh, like, like how so? Like, well, it's just like the whole movie. You're supposed to think that there's like some kind of tension. There's something going on there. Well, he's feeling guilty because he was an agent I, that was in charge of keeping watching over Tom Cruise after he had left the IMF to marry Michelle Monaghan from the third film. I, I know, but so, like, aren't they supposed to be... They're not mentally tough? Yeah. <laughs> I think they... Like... James is like, what a pussy. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking, like... I, You didn't buy into this idea that this guy would, like, not want to be in the field anymore. No, that's why I'm just like, this is... This guy. It, it's just... That's why the storyline is just oh, so weak. Oh, man, you're such... An, oh, oh, man. You were the... You're one of the harshest people I've ever. Well, why? That's just what I think. You're so you're so hard on these characters. I, I I get where you're coming from. I mean, I can see what you're talking about from from a script point of view. Like, it's a hard sell in a way. I just for think, these types of characters who, yeah, in and out every day, they're seeing this kind of violence. They're seeing their friends die. They're having yeah. to kill people. The question is, okay. If you completely remove Jeremy Renner's character from this movie, does it change it in any way? No. And I think that's what Dustin was getting at, where Dustin was saying that, like, this was supposed to be the handing off of the torch. This was supposed to be that moment in, uh, what's the, what's the rock movie? Um, oh, the rundown. The rundown. And Schwarzenegger shows up to, yeah, to pass the torch. Pass the torch. Literally pass the torch, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, I think it's supposed to be that, that moment and then for some reason that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I want to get back to... Well, because like, people want to watch fucking Tom Cruise. Well, well, okay, so, but when, when has that really worked though? A passing of the torch moment? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it has to be very organic, I right? Was, like, people try to manufacture it. You Like, that rundown thing is obviously manufactured. The Rock did, did end up becoming the biggest action star in the world afterwards. Yeah. 
but not the same. No, nowhere near the same way that Arnold did. Now, watching this movie, uh, it's a weird kind of thing because, like, um, I think Renner's character does add something to the group dynamic of this team, and he does reappear in the next movie, but then he he disappears after that. Like, he's not in the he wasn't in the most recent one. Right. It's funny because it's like a six movie series at this point. Where it really takes until like the fifth movie, I'd say, to really finally define who the team are. Right. Because so, we get different people all through yeah. these. Simon Pegg comes in at the third one, and then he's in the rest. Ving Rhames shows up in every movie, but you know his involvement is, is different limited. Yeah. Until you know in different movies. Um, but then finally, when you've got to the fifth one, and you've got uh, the introduction of Rebecca Ferguson's character comes in, Elsa Faust, and then she's like in the fifth and the sixth movie, right. and now and then that's finally when it all kind of coalesces, and you're like, okay, this is who the, the team, team is, the, the team really is, right? And this is kind of who we we want to see these people going forward. Whereas it's just been Tom Cruise has been the one central element. So I brought this up with friend of the show Dan. Um, enemy of the show Dan uh, <laughs> saying that I we were watching this film um, and he has a big uh, problem with the Mission Impossible films oh yeah I don't I don't mean to overstep what he was saying but like how th- to him they are all just like he remembers the first one and the second one and then his favorite one is the third one I think Okay. And then everything else just kind of is just like it's too much. It's an, it, well, it's, it's all just like it all blends together, right? Which, I, I can get I, which, I can see that, which I totally get. But I, I mean, if you watched, say you watched them each once when they came out, and you enjoyed them or whatever, but then it's like it, they are hard to distinguish from a plot point of view because the plots are so thin in every one of these. Absolutely. Right? So the problem with these films is, to me, is 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 that. This is not like a superhero film, right? So you like you think about other franchises that have made like seven films. Well, it's supposed to be like a almost like a Bond film. Yeah, yeah. Each each movie is its own story. And yeah. it's one not the, like necessarily they continue right into each other. Yeah. One of the big problems with the Mission Impossible films, in comparison to the Bond films, is that they don't have like the baddie. Like they don't have like, you know, Goldfinger. I, I don't. I don't yeah, know what yeah. James Bond. Or yeah, Blofeld right. or whatever. Yeah, and then the other thing is, is like, who else has done seven films? Okay, talk no, about yeah. like... It's rare error. Talk about like, oh, Harry Potter. Okay, well... Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the, the difference between the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. I can tell you there's a there's a Bang Fulton one. <laughs> they go to Mexico in one. Yeah. Japan is one. There's a sub. To, oh yeah, Tokyo. There's yeah. a sub. Tokyo Drift. There's a sub. Like <laughs> yeah. they're going yeah, to the there's, you you remember you might remember a set piece or something, but you're not gonna necessarily go They definitely that, this that happened in this. So I don't think movie. that's actually yeah. that big of a deal. But he brought up a really interesting point and I think that he like he deserves credit for this, which is that No he doesn't. Um, <laughs> He'll never know because he doesn't listen. Yeah. Is that for the last film that they made, mm-hmm. right? For Fallout, mm-hmm. which is was uh What's his name? Superman was in it. Yeah, Henry Cavill. And he stands out. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Right. It's a memorable who, villain. But who else stands out? Like for Yeah, the, you gotta go the, you gotta go back. Like John John Voigt in the first movie, I think, stands, stands out. Stands out for the third one, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman out. is absolutely the best villain of the whole series. Yeah. So like the, they need I think to, the guy I do think the guy in the last two movies 
not Henry Cavill, but the guy who he was like the main villain in five and six. Um, he's certainly a more memorable villain than the guy in this movie. This one is nothing. Like he's yeah, the Michael Nyquist. Yeah, isn't he the guy from? He's from, in John Wick. He's in John Wick. So he did get to be in two of the biggest action franchises. Mm-hmm. In, isn't he from um, uh, the Dragon yeah. Tattoo? Oh, he might have also been in that. Yeah, he he's he passed the, away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Uh, but he did get to be in these giant franchises before. But but he says a villain. They give him no. It's not that he's bad. They don't no. give him anything in this. Like no. nothing. That's because they're focused more on the tensions within the group. Right. And I honestly the think team, that the team the, and what the team has to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that the the Mission Impossible franchise did not understand exactly what it was until Christopher McQuarrie took over. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, right? Because you had, like you're saying at the beginning, you had different directors, arguably all yeah. auteurs, uh, doing each, each different movie. And so each movie felt like a very different thing. Even if they were all entertaining, they all were super distinct from each other. But they they also didn't necessarily feel like they were one whole thing. Yeah, that's totally true. Like, So you have like... The first three movies, you have Brian De Palma, fucking Brian De Palma, <laughs> yeah. making the first movie, right? Which is like a very throwback, seventies yeah, um, spy, 70s yeah. spy, yeah. spy film, right? Espionage, yeah. Um, you have John, uh, sorry, John Woo making the second film, which yeah, so is far like far more action based, far obviously. more action, and then J.J. Abrams comes in with lens flares for the third film. <laughs> That's what he brings to the table, <laughs> right? The third movie is. Man, I really like the third movie, and I have a hard time like deciding which is my favorite. And I go back and forth between the third. I've I at one thought point thought this one was maybe the best, and then the most recent one is to me is just so fucking thrilling. Yeah, J- like, Dan says the third one is his favorite film. It, it, it's because it stands out to him. Yeah, and I get that because Philip Seymour Hoffman is like such a powerful force in that movie and it's the one movie in the series where you're like this guy is like so bad and I want to see him go down mm-hmm. but it reminds me of that episode of Firefly where like that that guy like takes over um, it's like one of the the later episodes um, oh there's like that crazy killer guy yeah the hunter guy yeah yeah and like he's like work in and he like that episode stands out for me in the same way that like the third uh, Mission Impossible film stands out where it's like this person brings it and the writing brings it to like another level. Yeah. Like there's such a level of menace. That's an interesting one too though because the like object that they're pursuing in the third movie and I mean I guess we get more into this once we actually end up doing the third movie but it's it's never revealed what it actually even is so like they're like going after this thing this MacGuffin that you don't even know what the fucking MacGuffin is which is actually kind of I I, I prefer that like to nuke codes well because it it, then then it just doesn't matter because it's all about just getting it yeah then you're in just get the thing get the thing Um, the nuke the nuclear codes it's like this this menacing nuclear war that's gonna mm-hmm. potential. I mean, it's a it's a super old trope that we've seen in yeah. hundred oh, movies, yeah. right? So many. I still think that this movie is so well made that it makes it exciting anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. We should and let's get back to like what what's happening in this film. Let's run through it. So we've got the opening uh, sequence where 
uh, Ethan Hunt is broken out of a, a, a Russian prison. Yeah, he frees that other guy. Uh, yeah, his name isn't on the I board. Said, yeah, I didn't write his name down. Because um, we don't care about him. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> uh, but he... It's a, it's a really fun scene. And uh, I, I think that what happens in, in the beginning of this is that, like, you, you are... It is fun. It's fun and funny. It's still incredibly violent and and there's consequences. There's a weight to it. But like, Ethan Hunt isn't dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah. it's fun. It's it's actually it's pretty funny the way like they do like the um, between Benji and 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 Ethan Hunt like the, where like they're going back and forth. Yeah. The diamond. The dynamic of the team is always something that is fun in these movies even though we hadn't settled on like a permanent team ever, that is one thing that they usually do pretty well in each movie. And it actually, like it becomes, I, it, I think we, once you get Simon Pegg in there, then you're like, okay, now we have like, you know, besides Ethan Hunt, we have somebody here that can bounce off of him. Yeah. The funny thing with, um, Benji and, uh, Ethan Hunt's, um, relationship is everything that Benji says, Ethan Hunt is just like, oh, whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? And it just works out. But then Benji almost has that relationship with, uh, like, Jeremy Renner's character. So you're just going to catch me? Yeah, I'm going to catch you. Don't <laughs> right, worry right. about it. Because he's the new guy, Because right? he's, he's the, the new guy, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> It'll work itself out. That's actually really a, a kind of a fun thing because Benji just gets his license like the ability yeah, he's to, out in the to field go now. out in the field at this point and that's actually a really fun kind of yeah I, I like all that stuff and I think it's funny to see you know like especially knowing in hindsight that Jeremy Renner was supposed to be taking over like the way his character is in the movie I think is pretty funny like the part where he's supposed to jump into the shaft and he's like he's not ready like Tom Cruise would just fucking jump into the shaft right yeah but this guy he's like Ooh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I thought that stuff was good. Yeah, I agree. I, and I do too. I, I guess if you're gonna pass the torch to the next guy, wouldn't you want that guy just to try to match? Well, it's like I think what they're trying to do is like he's a different character, right? A different personality. He's still a badass. We still see that he is capable of doing what he needs to do. But but it's like he's being eased in. Like he's suddenly just thrown into this situation that's kind of. I, think it would be but i think it would have been funner if um he just started doing stuff and it just happened to work out and then ethan hunt is like what the hell like what are you insane like i i think that it what it's supposed to be is that we never got to see what like ethan hunt was like at the beginning right right yeah ethan hunt is we're 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 seeing seasoned ethan hunt uh, he's the man like who doesn't i wish i was him (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish I was five, fucking five foot five. <laughs> run, and was able like to that? run like run, that? Yeah, running like a gazelle. Like, just... <laughs> With the most intense look on your face? Man, he's so short. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yes. against him. It's just like... He's just this tiny little dude <laughs> that just like... Just um, runs, well, but he's just so believable as a, like uh, awesome I love, action hero. I actually because yeah, he's just intense. Like, yeah, he's just and intense. I love the way they shoot him in that opening sequence where like he looks, mad, like he looks big and he looks in charge, and they do a really good job in that opening scene of making him look like an action hero. 
mm-hmm. when he's like looking at the camera yeah. and he's like making the signs and he's like and he's just confident he's confident he's pointing at Benji he's telling him this is what's gonna happen this is what's happening <laughs> and he looks he looks in charge and he looks like yes mm-hmm. I believe like I will follow this guy mm-hmm into whatever he's going to get into yeah. and i believe that he's going to like run into that and he's going to come out and i i think they do a great job i think brad bird does a, a, a fantastic oh job. yeah like he does a stellar job in this and i mean i hope he gets to direct more live action stuff uh yeah i saw that i watched that tomorrowland movie and yeah it was not good but i still think he's immensely talented and i think he has I think he proves in this movie that he has the ability to make live action stuff. So hopefully he'll have that chance again down the road. Um, but then after that, they he finds out that they've got to break into the Kremlin to get a file uh, that proves that this one guy exists because he's they know he's going to break in there and delete his own shit. So yeah. They- so this is another interesting scene where they they pull back. Like I really feel like this is a transition film where like they aren't sure exactly how what where they're going to go. So he's going to break into the Kremlin, but mm. there's no crazy face mask. Yeah, they don't have there's the masks. No, there's no nothing. No masks in this movie. No, there's just... No, there's a mask. The bad guys oh, wear masks. Oh, the bad guy has yeah. a mask, yeah. But the they, good guys don't wear masks. They, they, try, they try to wear masks. They try yeah, to do masks. It doesn't work out. Um, so this is a really fun scene, too, where yeah. it's like it's like, it's a comedic... I mean, gadget-wise, this one is a really fun one, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's comedic. It's, it's fun. Um... It's also like, tense, like yeah, like yeah. he's making the little water drip sounds, and they're putting this screen to make it look. That like, was pretty uh, cool, I love actually. That, that screen scene, it's like a yeah. Mary Melodies. Like, do you remember in Mary Melodies and the yeah. Roadrunner would chase him into the, and it would be like a wall. Yeah, it'd be a wall. <laughs> it was like a painting. What are you talking about? You think James and I are gonna be like? I don't know. What are you talking about? Mary Melodies. Mary um, Melodies. Road. What? what who's Roadrunner? Um, Cave Wall. What? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about, man? Uh, yeah, but that shit's just fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's super cool. It's like fun technology. Yeah, it's idea, just idea. fun spy stuff. And they also yeah. do the fun thing where like Benji is like this obviously genius, but he's situationally completely unaware. Where like his face is in yeah. front of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I, I when they popped up that tent, like that shit impresses me. When yeah. like the tent, like when that screen pops up mm-hmm. and it's just there, it's like this looks. Fucking this, cool, it, but it look they make it seem feasible. Like, yeah, this yeah, is oh a real yeah. thing. Sure, yeah, like, and like I love that. Like, I, I'm totally on board for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe this is something that is happening right now somewhere in the world. <laughs> right, right. Somebody is doing this, and I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you deserve, you deserve to steal those files, <laughs> right? If you can like, do that. If, if you, you can, can do, do that, that, like my logic is always like, oh, I mean. You I mean, did that. I, you deserve this. Yeah. I, here's here's the files. Like you win. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? That was that was so much fucking fun. So much fun. And then I love how like the they break into like the the frequency or whatever. They they piggyback off mm-hmm. of the which it's kind of stupid because <laughs> it's stuff that we just accept in these kind of you just accept it. Yeah. But but they they create a situation in which. You're willing to accept it, yeah. And that's like they they literally buy they buy that like by the filmmaking, by the acting, by everything. They buy like yeah, okay, yeah. I'll I mean, give you that. We have a certain understanding from watching years and years of these kinds of movies. 
uh, of how certain things work. And so we somewhat accept those things, but you still have to present it in a way that as an audience, we're going to go, okay, yeah, like this, sure. I buy this, this works. Yeah. Um, I do like, um, everything involving that Russian cop, just him getting constantly beat up <laughs> yeah, that's throughout the, the movie. Yeah, there's some of the humor of the thing too. Yeah. And then of course at the, you know, at the end you're like, Oh, I guess we're on the same side. Yeah, but he should have at least given him a, a shot to the face, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Because <laughs> his nose is, like, broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and so then he we find out that they've, you know, in typical IMF fashion, there's some kind of double cross going on. Yeah. Uh, they're being set up in, in this situation, and so they have to get out. And then, the, of course, the building is, like, going to blow up. There's a bomb. Place. Well, they managed it, to make that stuff intense. like Which is crazy. So I've never seen this movie when they blew up the the kremlin yeah i wasn't expecting that yeah like, like that's thing, to like, the extreme yeah. like <laughs> I, I think they do a really good job of that too where they like they have that like that first shock wave go through yeah yeah uh, they just do a really great job of setting all of this stuff up mm-hmm. like these mission impossible deserves the the, the the series like the the entire film thing deserves a lot of credit for carrying a lot of water for movies like this like they are doing the best job yeah at I, this I and mean, they are what improving. other franchise do people argue about whether the third fourth fifth or sixth part of it is the best yeah <laughs> like star wars no <laughs> well i don't know anything about star wars honestly um, I mean, people pretty much universally agree that the original three are the best, even though those are okay. Those are parts four, five, and six, technically. Right. Um, but I like nine. Yeah, you're a big nine guy. I don't know what nine <laughs> is. Um, it's the most recent one. Do you think in franchises like this, there should be like a two or three movie deal with a director to do? Well, now sections? we're, now we're getting that right, right. Yeah, from five on, because that's what they guy. do with like. Batman movies, it seems. Do they do like two? No, they only did that once. No, because didn't. Well, um, Tim Burton did the first two, and then Joel Schumacher did the next two. Yeah. Then we had Nolan did all three of those uh, Dark Knight ones. Yeah. And then Spider Man. And then we had um, the the Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that's Zack Snyder. Oh, is it? Yeah. Did he do more than? Well, he did Man of Steel. He did Batman versus Superman. He has all a, the, he, he did, has a new cut of the Justice League. He movie did all the out. he did all yeah. the hits, all the hits. all the good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's what they finally have arrived at. Like, I don't know why it took that long, but like, well, because the directors they were getting weren't the kind of directors who wanted to make three three Mission Impossible movies in a row. Right, but the guys who are like, yeah, I'll well, come in, I'll come in well, and do a Mission Impossible movie. That'll be fun. But yeah, and I'm going to go on to do whatever the other shit I look do. at yeah. the Avengers though, like. You've had the Russo brothers come in. Yeah. Uh, they did um, Captain America yeah. and then took took over from there. And yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it was a case of like, oh, these guys are the right fit for what we're doing. Yeah. Here. But what's his name? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Whedon. Yeah. He, like, he's bounced around. Yeah. Right? And he, well, now he, he did the first two Avengers movies. But now he's then getting he did Justice League. But now he's getting. He's up. He's being investigated. He's canceled. <laughs> well, yeah, but he heard the new thing. No, well, he was canceled for the sex shit. But now he's he was canceled for 
being an asshole husband, apparently. Yeah. yeah, but now he's like, there's a lot of claims about him being uh, treating people on set based on race. Oh, oh, I, had, oh I hadn't heard that. Other than this, this one cyborg guy is making a lot of. Yeah, but noise. what's his name? Fish guy. Fish guy. Aquaman. Yeah, Was he's he... come out and and backed him. Oh yeah. And been like, yep, this happened. Oh, I don't know. I don't. All I'm saying is that is that like I think it's it's really hard. I, I don't know if there's necessarily a lot, like a lot of people who could, who can corral that much film. Like that, that many movies, like that many things. Christopher McQuarrie and that's the uh, thing. He came along, he did that fifth movie, and they were like, "Oh, this is great." Tom Cruise was like, "Oh, this is my guy." Yeah, like and I, I, want, think, I want. I guess more there has this. to be that kind of relationship. Yeah, like this Mission Impossible seems a lot more like an NBA franchise, where like the lead, yeah, the the leads are picking the coach. Right, you know what I mean. Well, it's kind of like um, yeah, Guardians is, of the Galaxy. This is Tom Cruise's thing. Yeah, like Tom Cruise has picked Christian McQuarrie as being like, "You're my guy." I think what yeah, what happened was he did that Jack Reacher movie with him, and then he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, this dude, I like this dude. I like how Which he writes. Those, I like a, how those are enjoyable." Yeah, the first one especially, I thought was yeah. good, but. uh yeah, so he's become that dude. But getting back to this movie, uh, I do feel like the pacing up to a certain point was really good. It was good. So yeah. like even okay, so after the Kremlin explosion, he's knocked out. He wakes up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He's that cop is is bugging him. He escapes and then he's out on the escape, window ledge. Yeah. I can't believe uh, that so we're all this stuff, this far. I know all the <laughs> we gotta get yeah. moving. All this stuff is flowing really nicely. Yeah, it, and and it does so for quite some time into the movie. Yeah, but then you do hit that point. I think where it starts to drag a little bit after after half of the movie already has gone by. This is the part yeah. where you're really getting like into um, like Jeremy Renner's backstory. Like yeah, that yeah. all that kind of stuff Which is like I don't care about. I don't care about but either. Before even before all that stuff, we get to. The you know they go to the Burj Khalifa the the giant tower yeah you get all the stuff in the hotel room yeah the the double floors the yeah. two deals going on at the same time yeah. like that shit is just so fun like that's the Mission Impossible stuff you want to see and then of course the Tom Cruise climbing on the fucking windows that's one of the best fucking set pieces it's yeah, in an action you're movie. absolutely <laughs> like ever. <yeah. laughs> Okay, now remember, it's a rolling off motion that disengages the bond. When the meter is blue, that's full adhesion. Easy way to remember, blue is glue. And when it's red, dead. You're 100% right. It's just insane that he had to do that just to put put it like a USB stick, (laughs) basically, in a computer. And like, man, it's just, fuck, I don't know how they come up with this shit, but it's just so fun. Like, he's scaling, he's got those gloves, and the one is, like, the stick to the windows so that he can climb up. Yeah. And a, and the one is, like, shorting out, and then he doesn't even work anymore, so he's just using one hand, and, like... What this movie is, what, what these movies are willing to do, um, I think is, this is why it's hard to separate Tom Cruise, the actor, from the human being, which is... Right, because he does the shit. And he's willing to do these things, which is like, as like action junkies, like we are totally like, yes, thank you. Like, thank you for doing this. (laughs) Like, this is, this is what I want. Well, the shots you can get of your actor 
actually on the side of this fucking building. Yeah. As opposed to like shooting it in a way where it's like, oh, we can't really see his face because well, it's a stunt yeah, guy. Yeah. I was listening to it. Or a- we're doing this by CG. Like they do CG remove the, the safety harness shit, obviously. Yeah. But like it's actually your actor out there. There's just something that fucking plays so much more purely when you're watching it on screen than. I was listening to a podcast called um, Stuff My Mama Told Me, uh, which is it's a pretty fun co- podcast. But um, they're talking about uh, Blade and how Wesley Snipes wouldn't... He, he recorded... He, he filmed all of his close-ups. Yeah. And then he would, he would not show up unless it was a close-up. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. That was it. So like everything that was like not a close up was his stunt double. Hmm. And at a certain point he only, he was mad at the production team and the director and stuff like that. So he'd only record, he'd only close his eyes. He would not open his eyes while filming. So they had to have (laughs) the sunglasses, his sunglasses on. Um, He wouldn't Um, open his eyes. He wouldn't open his eyes while filming. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, So he would, he would only yeah so that that's it so um but like i just feel like tax how many, evasion huh? how many like missed opportunities there are when you can't have your actor like yeah for like sure without so tom cruise is you willing to find to ways just, around like, it right yeah yeah and that's kind of amazing and that's why it's so good when you especially in action i mean i don't know yeah. when else you would have a double but in action movies where you have your main character do this kind of stuff. I mean, we know Keanu Reeves does this stuff in John Wick and we know that Tom Cruise does it in Mission Impossible. Movies. Does he do So does Keanu Reeves do it to the level of Tom Cruise? For well, what those movies yes. are. I mean, John Wick, you don't have him hanging on the yeah, side exactly. of a plane or whatever, but... He's doing all the jujitsu shit and like all the judo. tactical stuff that he does. Yeah, like he trains. He trains for months for those. Yeah, guys. like it's crazy. Uh, ever since like the Matrix, where he yeah, Man, he, she trained it. for like six months to do fucking. Yeah, exactly. So, but you get movies like Fast and Furious because I, I I don't know what else to compare to, but Fast and Furious. A lot of the stuff they do is just like. You don't think anyone does? No, no, we, stuff. Well, no, 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 for sure. And, and it's all CGI shit. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Is that like we, like Dan and I were talking about this, and like we're going back and forth. Like he's like, what other movie franchises do you just completely forget? Like they all blend together, right? But how many are there that span this much time? Right? We got Predator. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean that's what uh, I, that's what I was saying Nightmare earlier. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's, it's Universal Soldier. Fighter. Yeah, Universal yeah, Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but no one's but no one's, but no one's watching them. those. Nobody's movies. watching. Um, I mean, somebody is, but like, but like you you don't have a series of films that like travel like that, that spans this much time. And if you do, it's um, it's even Harry Potter where there's like seven eight movies. They it was like one a year for eight years, and then they're done. Yeah, but that's all pre created content, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like. You have you're basing it on something. you're basing on something. Yeah. You have a, a defined villain, yeah, and di- and you're shooting it year after year, and you're out like, um, whereas these you know these don't come out on that that regular of a schedule. They might come out every few years or whatever. Yeah, but so but they're filming seven and eight together. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like John they, Wick. I think the John idea Wick's at this scene. point is we got to get as much out of out of Tommy as we as we can right. before. 
Yeah, which totally makes sense. I mean, well, he is going to live forever, so. <laughs> right. I mean, Lord Zeno has blessed him with special abilities. <laughs> I mean, how old is he? Yeah, he's like 50 some 55 or some shit and he's like, you know, he doesn't it's clearly he I mean, you you can start you're starting to see a little bit of his age showing, but I mean, compared to regular mortals. <laughs> right. Well, okay, so how old is Keanu Reeves? Yeah, he's like a little younger, but yeah, he's in his 50s. Okay, so I would rather watch these two guys yeah. who are in their 50s mm-hmm. than like, I oh, don't know. Oh, and Stallone, right? In the most recent Rambo. <laughs> you know, I need to watch the most recent yeah, Rambo. Yeah, we really, we really it, do Apparently it's it. just like insane. I've, I've heard it's incredibly violent. Yeah. And racist. <laughs> but we should we do need to watch it at some point. Well, that's not surprising. The racist part. Right. Yeah, so after the, the Burj Khalifa, which is just so fucking fun, all that stuff with him having to you know swing his way back over and just barely you know they're they're hanging on to him and yeah i mean it's just that's what you watch these movies for is that exciting shit yeah that type of stuff for sure uh this the french girl that assassinated uh you know jane assassinated her boyfriend uh sawyer from lost at the beginning of the movie we see that opening scene um yeah, she's actually a more memorable villain to me, even though she has like barely any lines. Yeah, than the actual villain. Than the actual villain of the movie. It's she true. just she just has more of a presence, and uh, there's more you you feel more of that like desire to see that fight between them. Like that's a pretty sweet yeah. fight that they have. Well, she barely says anything. Yeah, no, but she has like a just uh, an air about her, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so that that whole sequence is fun, and then she ends up having to like kick her out the window and shit. Yeah. They're supposed to like save her, but <laughs> that sequence. And then that right, we move right into him having to pursue Hendrix, who has the case with the codes. Yeah, in the dust storm. Yeah, and then the sandstorm has arrived. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's just brilliant shit. Like, I do like that whole sequence where, yeah, he's just like, he's like just out of his reach and he's chasing him the whole time. And then it gets worse. But then he's like tracking the case at the end. And then, yeah, he just drives, like, head first into the guy. Yeah, he, like, arranges it because he knows he can, like, drive in a certain way to <laughs> do a head-on collision. And that is, like, the best option is to do yeah. a <laughs> collision. But somehow that guy gets out and runs away. He's, like, hobbling away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not terribly realistic, but it is fun. Okay, so I didn't get it. So when he got onto that truck and then he pulls his mask off... I was just like, did he just pull his mask off and show the exact same face he just had on? No. He he was disguised as like his other, like his henchmen. I don't know why though. Like, I don't know what the purpose of that was. Just to, I guess, make them think that Michael Nyquist, uh, the actual Hendrix character, wasn't actually present at the meeting himself, but he was, I guess, is what they Yeah, I don't know. Doing there? I have no idea. <laughs> John's shaking his head. So there's I two of no them? I have no idea what's going on. Like, there's two of them. I, I got the sense there was, like, two bad guys. Yeah, he has, like, but, a right-hand man. Like, and in, in the final sequence, we see both of them. But they look the same. Well, n- not exactly. The one guy's younger. White European guys. Yeah, they're both, like, Swedish-looking guys. The one guy's quite a bit younger and has, like, okay, a brownish, like, reddish yeah, beard. Yeah, okay, but here's the thing. And I think James is totally right seen through our eyes as, all swedes as, are the same as white <laughs> as white men they look 
they look slightly different. Yeah, I just think you know maybe throw a scar on the guy's face or something. something I don't know, something. like something. I didn't. I honestly did not think they looked all that similar to each other, other than they. I, I mean, one guy's got gray and silver hair. It, and it just it confused the hell out of me when he pulls his mask off and it's supposed to be, I guess, it, like dumb, oh my goodness, it's a dumb reveal. Like, like I don't understand. It's not a shocking reveal. But what's the point? It like, was that's, like I said. I think the only thing was that they were thought, oh, his right hand man has come in to do this deal with uh, for, for these codes. Yeah, they're not thinking that he himself is anywhere near this, but it is actually him with a mask on. I don't know why. Like, why would he bother going? I mean, I guess to make sure it gets done. I, I but, like it like, doesn't make ca- a whole lot of sense. Who cares? Yeah. Well, we would care more if if they had built this villain up earlier in the movie, right? Yeah. So then it was like, oh, it's it's actually him. Like, but but it's just like, oh, it's the guy who's the bad guy. <laughs> like we don't right. we don't really we're not really invested in that. Well, should we talk about our favorite action sequences? Yeah. Uh, so, Dustin, what's your favorite action sequence? I mean, it has to be the the Burj Khalifa stuff, but that that's a shame to say because like every set piece in the movie is pretty fucking excellent, um, like and better than most stuff in most other action movies. Even the car park uh, finale is really fun. I think I do like the car park finale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it, it just can't be any other answer than that for me. Like, Yeah, I mean, I like that scene. I like that stuff. I just, I don't know. I, I like the stuff that happens uh, in Russia, and I do like the stuff that happens in the, the car parkade thing. Um, You've got the off when they, when uh, Tom Wilkinson, who's briefly in the movie as the head of the IMF, gets assassinated and they fall in the river too. And there's like, I think that stuff's fun when they're trying to shoot them underwater and they're, well, I'm always a fan of underwater shooting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I just like, uh, you know, all the stuff that happens at the Kremlin and then, yeah, immediately after that, you know, they shoot up the car and then they go in the water. It's just like one thing after another. Yeah. It's just like nonstop. Well, you have the Kremlin scene, uh, with all that cool kind of tech stuff. Then you have the uh, explosion. Then you have the hospital. Then you have the escape. Yeah, jumping off the roof. Yeah. Like, it's it's all really fun. The funny thing is, is like, you know, I've seen enough Tom Cruise action movies now that I honestly thought as soon as he started running like that intensely, I'm like, oh, it's on now. <laughs> like, now the movie has started. Um, I think there's like the really fun stuff goofy stuff too when they go to the party once they're in india and uh jane has to try to seduce um this Brijnath character played by anil kapoor did you recognize that actor john I did not know he was in uh slumdog millionaire but he's like he's in like tons of hindi movies like he's a super he is, big like he, massive star in india he is fucking awesome in this movie he's hilarious like he's, he's so, so funny perfect. like he's like this short dude the, like I the lo- huge coiffed haircut. Yeah, like I, I, I think my favorite part with his character is like how much this guy completely embraces exactly who he is and how much confidence he has. And I, I love this choice where he jumps up onto the bar and sits on the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. Remember that part? Yeah. Like it's, it's such a great choice because like he knows he's short. He knows he's not like big in stature. But like I love this like. I was when he's on the phone with her and he's like, I find your capricious passion intriguing. You know, let me tell you one thing. He's not your type. 
completely not your time. It's completely cold. I'm hot. Like all Indian men's are very hot. That man, that guy is not right for you. He's cold. <laughs> I'm hot. I have hot yeah. passion. Yeah. Oh, Indian, like, like Indian man, like I'm yeah. hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, he he's yeah. He's he's amazing. He's, he's really funny. Uh, yeah, Weistrom is the other guy who's the the right hand man. And yeah, I mean, I, I get the thing. That's the thing is that they weren't made distinct characters. So uh, even though I don't think they really physically resemble each other that much, you didn't have anything to really hold on to. Yeah. Um, but all that stuff at the end is still fun. I do think it's cool when Hendrix, the bad guy, when he commit suicide just to make sure that his plan is going to go through he ju- he falls intentionally off the high point of the car park with the suitcase like that's, that's actually, how committed he is to that's, his that's also kind of a uh, very specific to mission impossible like thing which is a throwback to more of a 70s kind of like era um like bad guy in 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 like a spy thriller yeah. where like it really is all about the mission the mission like it, it is it's not about like getting money it's not about like right they, gain- they have the, like even though they're insane they are holding true to whatever their yeah like philosophy they, or yeah, ideology like, is say what you will about them they're true to their cause right i did kind of find it funny that he died there though yeah, it's, I mean, he's kind of like, doesn't he kind of like look at him like he's just kind of dying on the ground? I know, him? but the the shit he went through, you know, head on collision in the car. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Tom Cruise beating you it's up. It's so anticlimactic. It's just like, mm, okay, well, I guess that's it. Like, I well, think but, that but that is the thing, right? Because we, have, we haven't cared about him. We care about Tom Cruise stopping the missile before it can hit. It's already in the air. Like he has to get into the suitcase. Like that's the part we care about. It's not about. Yeah. You do still have that intense, like Tom Cruise, like I am taking that briefcase, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, so I don't know that it, it all works, even though, yes, it would be an even better movie with a better villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that, that this movie is a, is a, I would say a borderline great movie. I think with, it is a great movie. I, with a, it could be an like an outstanding movie. Yeah, if it had a few with other a, components with a not great villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, you up that villain. I think Dan is right. Like you up that villain. Man, fuck Dan. <laughs> I do think the guy in the next two movies, uh, the Solomon Kane. I think his his name is. Uh, is a more memorable villain in because and maybe it's because he gets two whole movies to like establish himself. Yeah, I do wish at the end, you know, when the missile was going across New York, that there was like, is that what it was? Was it New York? I, I just assume it's New York. <laughs> um, you know, there's the like people on the street, like, oh, what's that? Or you know, the military guys, oh, like, like, what's happening? It hits the, it hits the like antenna on the top of that building. Oh uh, yeah, it goes into the water. But that's the fun thing too about these movies is it's always like the last the second, last second. The just you know, the fingernail width of a, you know, that's like it just, it's just like. It takes everything they've got to yeah. the very last moment to in, in order to. Well, that was pretty funny too. And he's like, "Mission accomplished," and like slams the button. And then he says later, "You really said that?" Yeah, Ving Rhames shows up. He <laughs> said that out loud. That was funny. I, I no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It wasn't I mean, it's funny, funny like, in like a really it, cheesy way. It, yes, it's cheesy. It really wants me to say it's funny. 
But it isn't. I mean, I think the part where he says it is more funny than like the part where they talk about it after. Yeah. Uh, then also, like, that's pretty sweet. Like, Tom Cruise makes himself go off, like, in the car, like, he- like nose first, like, fall down to the bottom because he needs to get to the case. I like that scene. I, I do like that. I, it's, it's, the whole thing is clunky, though. Like, it, talking about it is epic. Like, like the way the, like the villain falls, like the way he's willing to sacrifice himself, the way that like Tom Cruise is willing to like put himself into the car and like do that. It all sounds like, wow, like there are stakes here. It just doesn't necessarily, visually, it doesn't necessarily translate. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like it, it almost would have made a better novel at that point like to read that would have been more amazing than to actually see it right i get what you're saying i think i think that the one thing about these movies if they have weaknesses and they do is that the plot in each one isn't terribly compelling it's just more about watching tom cruise and his team have to go through these escalating scenarios Mm -hmm. that's what's exciting that's what propels it that's like the the propulsive energy of each of these movies you, they don't let you sit there and be like, oh, but what about this? Because you're just what, you're moving on to the next thing. But, and that's what Dan was talking about. That that that's right. where I where, get that. And and he was saying like, yeah, but like describe to me the plot of like. Yeah, you you can't describe the plot of these I, things. I, oh, I can't. Uh, there's the part where they do, they do this. And this but here's but here's, it's like oh, uh, I don't know. They're trying to get a file out of a thing, and then they it's like. To a double cross and then I, <laughs> like, I actually yeah. don't even care at this point yeah it doesn't matter you guys what, what I what do you're have here for is, yeah what I do have is I do have like insane helicopter scene right you know what exactly. I mean I have elevator scene and like really that's all I, I really want at this point yeah and I mean yeah it, you want to just you want to see Ethan Hunt go through these situations and that's what you're watching these movies for yeah I am I, I'll say this I am absolutely ready to like for Tom Cruise to pass the torch you think they will? Else? You think after seven and eight they'll they'll keep doing them with somebody uh, else? I, I think I think they'll wait five years and then they'll reboot it. I think they will eventually. I think they should reboot it instead Tom, of trying to pass Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he'd make an amazing. Well, you have to have someone who Tom Holland's fucking even smaller than Tom Cruise, but you have to have somebody who is gonna bring this physical acting to the to the table, right? Somebody like Tom Holland though is like. The guy is like you look at him; he's just charming to look at. Like he's, oh sure, but I, he 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 could no, do this. You think he can? That's like honestly, I mean, Spider Man. I guess that's. I'm gonna tell you this: I never thought of it. It was the first name that popped into my head, so I don't know. Uh, what about Marky Mark? <laughs> oh, Marky <laughs> Mark. Hey, remember when? Uh, remember when he blinded that guy? Okay, I do. Yeah, should we bring that up again? I think you'd have to go a different direction. I mean, you could go more into like the spy aspect if you rebooted it. I I just think like what they did with like James Bond is they made it gritty. That's what kind of what yeah, they did with Bond, Daniel the Craig. Bond was forced by Bourne to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like where we've come. Everything is gritty. Everything is like. Yeah, the audi- there's just a different audience expectation. But you're already starting to see things swing to the other side, too. Like those Kingsman movies, they're saying, hey, remember how fun and ridiculous the Roger Moore era of James Bond was? Because they were so over the top and they had these crazy gadgets. And Hey, and I say, hey, remember how the end of the 
first Kingsman movie made me not watch the second Kingsman movie because <laughs> it was so fucking gross. Aren't you that princess that went missing? You can't get me out. What if I do? Will you give me a kiss? I've always wanted to kiss a princess. If you get me out right now, I'll give you more than just a kiss. No! Sorry, love. You've got to save the world. If you save the world, we can do it in the asshole. I'll be right back. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I'm just talking about the actual like style of what they're doing spy wise. Like it's, they're doing a, a very different thing from born and yeah. And I, I think those movies are kind of like, yeah, they're all right, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're not, they're not, you're not going to be like, yeah, this is a classic. I yeah. think we have to, I think we have to talk about the mission impossible franchise as possibly being the greatest franchise with like film, like films to quality rating might be the greatest franchise that's ever existed. It has to be in the conversation at the very I, least. I honestly, I can you can you think of another one? I mean, man, I'd have to spend some time thinking about like it. Like films to quality. I sorry, I don't like so. So Mission Impossible a has series like that's one, as good. Yeah, it has one clear miss, right out of seven. Oh, like or how, six, like sorry. how many movies? Like yeah, it has it has one miss. Which would be the right. second film, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's just a series that has gotten, I mean, increasingly better. Uh, call me crazy, I find all four lethal weapons to be entertaining, but I don't think they're on the level. I mean, maybe the first, the first one. Well, I, I, I would say level no, of, mission. I I I like the lethal weapon films. I I like really all of them so like they're so yeah. fun, but they don't increase with. Yeah. No, that's well, true. I think John Wick is going to be that way. Hopefully, like hopefully, once the yeah. next two come out, I and yeah. then um, I mean, I hope what they do with Mad Max, if that ever actually, if that ever happens, happens. yeah, because uh, they they have an opportunity of what they could do is yeah, like, and they have a dip in the middle of Mad of, of like the Mad Max series. So, um, well, let's rate this movie. All right. Well, my reactions at eight overall score is seven. Okay. And uh, my reaction is an eight and my overall score is a 7.2. Uh, so I, uh, I think I like this movie more than you guys did. I, um, my 5.2. Yeah. Just, a, <laughs> just slightly more. 5.2. Uh, my overall reaction is an eight and I, I gave it a 7.4. In my opinion, this is a, it's, it's a great film. It's, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. I think, uh, it was super interesting to see Brad Bird transition from animation to this. Um, yeah, that was a huge thing at the time. Yeah. Like when this movie came out, like we actually talked about that. Like, oh yeah. Like how how impressive it was for him to go from animation to like actually making a Mission Impossible of all things a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, I think it'll be a shame if they don't give him another opportunity. Yeah. Uh, where does it put it on the list? James, it is tied at thirty six with Baby Driver. Tied with Baby Driver. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna put this ahead of Baby Driver myself. Like Baby Driver a lot. I just think this is uh, just has more memorable set pieces to me. I think it'll stand up. I well, it's hard to look at this as a single movie and not as part of a series. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would put it ahead of Baby Driver as well. I'm going to put this behind Baby Driver. Yeah. Uh, only because 
I think what Baby Driver does with what it has is more impressive uh, than than this than, than Ghost Protocol. Like Baby Driver, like kind of does a lot of really really cool shit. Like it kind of tries to reinvent the wheel in a sense, um, and it I think it mostly comes out as winning, like a, a, a succeeding in that. Uh, whereas this is um, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is doing really really cool stuff, but it's not. It's not like setting a trend or trying it's not, to it's reinvent not, it's not anything. To reinvent I, would, anything. I would argue back about that in the sense that it is reinventing in terms of how they're shooting action movies at this point. How they're doing True. stunts and stuff. You you have to understand, like this is like no, I, I, know. I, I don't even know if I actually believe this. <laughs> like I'm just I'm yeah. saying this like in I the mean, moment. It's, it's all arbitrary at the end of the day. I'm it's just, all arbitrary. I'm like, just, I'm I, just throwing out the other argument. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not putting down one movie over the other. Like they're they're both they're both great, and I love Baby Driver. Um, but like just just to give the other side of that coin. Yeah. Uh, like it's gonna it's gonna end up ahead of Baby Driver, but like, yeah, yeah. Baby Driver. I think I think Baby Driver just tried to do something different. I still think that it did not succeed as much as most people think it did. Great soundtrack, right? <laughs> John loves that soundtrack. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I liked the soundtrack more than him. I think, based yeah. on the and, I don't, <laughs> and I'm not even uh, head over heels for it. But so, anyway, so new number thirty six. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out at actionactionpodcast.com. Uh, we're at Letterbox on, uh, on Instagram at actionactionpodcast. Uh, what are the podcasts that we're on, James? We need to tell people to listen to. Oh, the Mighty Nineties and uh, Nick's Flicks Fix. Yeah, please check them them out. They are much better podcasts than we are, and you should listen to them. So go and subscribe to them. Don't even listen to them yet. Just subscribe and then listen after you subscribe. (laughs) Um, And we'll see you next week. He's got skies.